show that goes so hard in the paint, you wouldn't believe it. I'm Xavier Host Joe, and joining me is Travis. Hey Joe, get dunked on. <laughs> <laughs> yes, dunking, mm. being in the paint, uh, breaking ankles, <laughs> other basketball things. Baskets, balls, you got it all. You got it all. <laughs> uh, I guess... Uh, it, well, should I should I stop and ask how how you doing, Joe? <laughs> no, I don't want to fucking talk about it. Fuck off. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> We're very antagonistic to each other today. <laughs> I like it. I would just say, for reference, this is being recorded on the fourteenth uh, of December, like a day after the worst thing possible happened. Uh, so. Just so people know the mindset that I'm in and why I wanted to talk about just good, sweet boys playing basketball. Yeah, yeah, I could see that. Uh, this might be an excellent time to pimp uh, that we have a Patreon that, I mean, with enough money, maybe Joe comes to America to hide. <laughs> it's becoming more and more likely every day. Nice, but our, our immigration process is a nightmare. <laughs> so, Travis, what... Pray tell, did I get you to watch today? Okay, uh, now, when we both found it, it was called Kuroko Basketball, but that's not the actual Japanese title, which I'm going to dish to you, Joe, and pass. Received. So today we watched episode one of Kuroko no Basuke, a show that I commonly go back to and say is my favorite anime of all time. Oh, for real? It's so fucking good. I love sports anime, as as we've talked about before. I love the fantastical element that Kuroko throws in, and characters are adorable. I, I love my sweet boys so much. See, maybe that happens later, because right now, one's just a huge dick. Oh yeah, Tiger's a massive dick. Then again, that's that's the thing that you really enjoy out of anime characters. You're like, <laughs> which one's the trash? That's my favorite. The best thing about Kuroko Nobasuke is we have Tiger, and then when he softens, we get introduced to an even bigger dick. And then when they soften, what up? It's your boy. He has the power of Satan on his side, and he plays basketball. You know, if I had the power of Satan on my side, I don't think that I would use it to play basketball. I feel like that's a waste of a lot of power, Joe. Well, when you're young and you have a passion, you want to apply everything you have to the one thing that you're passionate about. So, using the power of Satan to predict the future, yeah, predict the fucking future, play basketball, it's entirely reasonable. Okay, uh, these, these are teen boys again, yes? Yeah. I mean, if you had ultimate power as a teen boy, you, you'd just use it in some weird way to touch yourself in a new and interesting <laughs> way, I'm sure. I mean, if I recall being a teen boy. <laughs> <laughs> 
Uh, so speaking of masturbation, uh, basketball. <laughs> we watched Kuroko Navasuke. <laughs> They're kind of the same thing, right? Dribbling? No. Oh, oh man, I didn't. Oh, oh, Joe. <laughs> uh, we we've been hanging out for a bit. It's getting weird in here, you guys. Shall we get into the episode? Sure. So we open on some narration about a really cool middle school basketball team. Yeah, uh, what was it? The the Generation of Miracles, is I, I believe what they were branded. The Generation of Miracles, uh, all of them specifically color-coded and all very good at basketball. They're one mighty morphin basketball team. I mean... <laughs> <laughs> but... Of the five Generation of Miracles who were the super team, there was a phantom sixth man, a sweet blue-head boy, who will come to know later. To know and love. Unironically, yes. <laughs> I know, Joe. Uh, I mean, if if they're 63 episodes deep in at this point, they, they kind of know your brand. Uh-huh. <laughs> Silver and or very light blue-haired boys. Kinda on brand for you. Soft, nervous boy, it's all very good. <laughs> and this one's near and dear because I do believe Joe Joe did a basketball growing up. I wondered when this was gonna come up. Well, on the episode about playing basketball seems pretty germane. <laughs> I did play basketball in school for a few years. Literally the only reason why is uh, I wasn't very good, but I hit my growth spurt before everyone else. Joe's a tall boy. If, if anybody was wondering, Joe a tall boy. Many six foot. It's fine. I, I have remained that since, like, age way too young. <laughs> <laughs> he was the only five-year-old that could dunk. <laughs> I could not dunk. So I played center. So there, there was no dunking to be done. <laughs> <laughs> but speaking of dunking to be done... We should get on with the episode. <laughs> yes, so we have the opening, which is Can Do It by Gran Rodeo. It's a very good song, uh, but it's just like, hey, here's some basketball occurring. I mean, the animation is very clean. It looks pretty. The You're right. The song is rad. I even wrote like pop punk guitars. Mm -hmm. I like pop punk guitars. I'm down. Gran Rodeo is real, real good. But yeah, it's it's all just kind of showcasing, hey, we're very good at animating balls doing a basketball. Boys doing a basketball, rather. Uh, a lot of sweat. Yeah, a bunch of basketballs doing a boys. <laughs> Wait, what? <laughs> Wait a minute. A lot of times we have very, very good animation for the opening. In quite a few of like the major games, like that animation does kind of hold true. That's kind of nice, because usually you get one or the other, and apparently they <laughs> sprung for both on the basketball anime, where they just make it pretty sometimes. Yeah. There's some, like, sports shows that do, like, rotoscoping that can look very weird, but there is definitely, like, CGI elements in how they do the actual games. We don't get any of it here, but there is, like, a little basketball played, but it's it's nothing to the degree that later... Well, that that makes sense. We're we're right now we're episode one, so we're establishing characters and you know, kind of a, a the beginning of an arc of a plot. Mm -hmm. So, 
I guess uh, with that, we, we open up on Shakur, a school. Yeah. Sayrin High School, right in the beginning of the year. So there's a bunch of clubs all out in force basically trying to recruit new students mm-hmm. into their various clubs. And of course, because this is the way the show is, we focus on the basketball team trying to recruit new members. Yes. So we've got the coach that we will eventually come to know as Ada Rico. And you know what? I don't think I caught the guy's name. Yeah, there's the three who are like out in the field. Mitabe Izuku, who makes a pun that only works in the Japanese. <laughs> we see like little glimpses of our main character, who is Tetsuya Kuroko. And we see Kagami Tiger drag some of the members over to the desk where Rico and Kyuga uh, is the glasses boy. Oh, okay. He's got a very similar look to a lot of uh, anime character designs I've seen before. Yeah, he he's serious glasses boy. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, I get strong my, my hero uh, vibes. Can't remember the character, but uh, the speedster. Ida. Yeah. Yeah, if Kuroko was dubbed, this guy would 100% be played by Jay Michael Taylor. Mm-hmm. Our boy Jates. What up, Jates? So this is a weird thing about the show. The show is called Kuroko's Basketball, the basketball that Kuroko plays, etc. But the person who exudes the most main character traits is Tiger. Yeah. He's the one with the arc of, I want to be the best. Like no one ever was. Yeah. Yeah, pretty much. I mean, every shonen protagonist of the, you know, you just gotta dig deep and try and I'm gonna be the best. Except more dickish. Yeah, he is a massive dick. His his whole thing is like, he grew up in America, mm-hmm. so he played basketball there, and since coming to Japan, he's like, you guys are bad at basketball. Yeah, um, we should also mention as far as characters go, he lumbers over every other person that we're going to meet. He's like a giant. Yeah, him tall, because he grew up in America? Uh, sh- sure. Um, <laughs> we'll go with that. I mean, <laughs> you were taller than I, and I grew up in America last I checked, so it doesn't really check at the end of the day, but fuck it. He says, yeah, I'm going to join this team, it doesn't matter why, and they're like, oh, wow, he's he's super cool, he's super big, he must be good at basketball. Hey, we got this other application from this kid who none of us saw. And they they start to kind of lose their shit when they read where he's from, because According to this, he should have been from the, was it Taiko school? Yeah, Taiko. That is the school that produced the Generation of Miracles. There's there's a whole beat where they're like, oh man, how did we not notice this? Huh. It must have been so obvious that this genius basketball player was among us. Yeah, right. Uh, it's almost like they're foreshadowing here, Joe. Almost like they're doing that thing. So anyways, uh, at this point, where do we go? Do we, do we cut to the, the, the training scene? Yeah, there's there's this scene where we get, hey, here are all the first-year students, and we introduce like a few of the second-year team, and Rico as the coach. Oh no, what, what a big shock. A lady, a coach? Wow. Ladies don't know what sports is. And then she demands that they all take their shirt off. And this is like the first inkling we get of like, do people have superpowers in this show? You know, I question if this is, like, 
a minor quark. Uh, like a, this is what the the non supers are doing in the world of my hero. Yeah, yeah. It, it, the whole thing about the show is like all the main characters who play basketball real good have a super low level superpower. Uh huh. Her ability, in like quotation marks, is she can look at the bare chest of anyone and tell you their training regimen, like what they need to improve on, and their potential ability. Yeah, it's basically like flipping over to the stats sheet on your character in a video game. She has access to that. Yeah, we get a few like denotations of numbers and different rankings, like occasionally emojis. Yeah. So she's going through and evaluating everybody, and then we get to Tiger. Yeah, Tiger, very good. Him strong. Him have a lot of potential. Mm-hmm. He is am a basketball. Him so good at the basketballs. <laughs> it's clearly because he was in America. That's how you level up. That's how you get it. That's that's how you get so good at basketball. Mm-hmm. So yeah, she goes through the whole line. She sticks on Tiger. And they're kind of introducing some stuff early where Hugo's just like, um, excuse me, what are you staring at? That boy's chest? Uh-huh. It is kind of a lingering shot, to be fair. Oh yeah, it's super lingering. And like, the most hilarious thing about it is, hey, none of these boys have nipples. No male presenting nipples here. Uh, in this world, male nipples don't exist. <laughs> yeah, in, in the world of like, super evolved humans where they have powers to play basketball. Nipples, much like our tails in the appendix, are useless. Totally vestigial organs, so they got rid of them. (laughs) Evolution. It's evolution, man. What are you going to do about it? (laughs) Uh, So she's gone through this entire line and is like, well, I didn't really see anyone who could have possibly been on the Generation of Miracles. And our sweet baby boy Kuroko is just standing in front of her the whole time. What? I don't understand. I don't know when he showed up. Like, if he was there the whole time, why didn't he have his shirt off? (laughs) He was. And, like, the best thing about this is, as they're doing the establishing shots of the gymnasium as a whole, you can see, like, a tuft of blue hair, like, just behind someone. Okay. So he he doesn't really follow instructions very well. (laughs) (laughs) Well, no one was really talking to him directly, so I'm sure it's fine. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> okay, we'll go with that. Yeah. <laughs> Rico freaks out. He takes a shell off, and they cut to Rico on the bus late, who's just like, he's super average and almost at his limit. I wonder how he could have possibly been on the Generation of Miracles. Who could possibly know? Yeah, she kind of evaluates him to be like the McDonald's meal of potential. You know, it's there. He's certainly there when he wants to be. Yes. <laughs> so then we cut to Kagami at a basketball court, just just you know shooting those hoops, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. doing doing the b balls. It's a, it's a weird choice that it's in the middle of the night when you have zero depth perception <laughs> that he and like it's not a lit court either. Mm-hmm. So like he just practices night basketball like a weirdo. <laughs> It's the equivalent of training weights. If he's so good at playing basketball at night, he's going to be so good at playing basketball during the day. I... Uh... Okay. I don't know if the science holds up, but... Um, yeah, I don't think that's how that works, but... Whatever, <laughs> fuck it. 
Look, in this show where people have superpowers, who knows? You know, if I ever encounter someone just shooting hoops in the dead of night, I'm either A, going to avoid them, or B, make sure everything's okay in their world. You know? Because this is... No. I mean, I'm sure it's there just to relieve stress. Like, people would jog when they're stressed, you know? Yeah, yeah. He's, he's so stressed about not finding anyone good at a basketball. Hey there, buddy. Uh, so you're walking your dog. It also appears like it's dead. Uh, you okay? It's always the night basketball players who find the bodies. I'm just saying. I've watched uh, Special Victims Unit 2. I, I, <laughs> I, I know, I've seen this. If you're jogging or playing night basketball, there's a body near you. That's the rules. <laughs> Those are just the rules of the universe. It's fine. Uh-huh. But he is distracted from making a shot because he sees Kuroko just, like, hanging out watching him. And given the track record of Kuroko just being in places for way longer than people see him, he's been there since the beginning, right? He's just been staring at this boy. You say he got distracted, but, like, right before he notices him, as he's taking his shot, the screen kind of moves in a way where it's almost like he he's dizzy. Yeah. So, like, it's, again, I really do think it's some kind of weird superpower that he affects people's ability to pay attention to him, and he decided to drop the superpower. Yeah, yeah, so you super pay attention to him. This is a question I've always had, and I'm so glad that having someone to talk about this show, uh, I get to finally ask this question. Is Kuroko a cryptid? A basketball-playing cryptid? Maybe? <laughs> because as far as I've seen so far, and it's very weird that no one's made mention of it, he is the only person who looks anything... Like, he still looks human, but, like, nobody else has eyes that pale or hair that color. And they make no mention of it. So the way that we're seeing Kuroko, is that how everybody else is seeing Kuroko? Or is his ability to not be noticed also the ability to put on a glamour where they see him differently. (laughs) Everyone gets their own view of Kuroko. The Kuroko of your mind is what you see. Yeah, yeah, it's it's all just, he's in their head, man. Yeah, I mean, we see a little bit in Tiger. Uh, He has red hair, but it's in that believable, he dyed it and it's faded a bit. Uh Uh-huh. All the other Generation of Miracles, like, just as a spoiler, except for Kisei, who has blonde hair, All of them have just, like, wacky crazy hair. There's purple, blue, green, and vibrant red. The Generation of Miracles is just a bunch of b-ball mutants. (laughs) We cracked the code. The original coach? Professor X. (laughs) Travis, they're monsters. This is just a space jab. Oh, no. (laughs) Did the Looney Tunes show up later? I can't say because of spoilers, but just come on and slam. Now, here's the real question that I'm a little nervous. If the Looney Tunes are showing up later, they're not going to have the lesser known ones that, you know, Warner Brothers doesn't like to mention anymore because they're racist caricatures. No, they're all just replaced by overly sexy bunny people. They're all just a Bugs Bunny in drag. (laughs) Which, as we know, if you're a hunter, you're super into that. It's impossible not to be. Right. It's it's David Bowie levels of weird sexual magnetism. <laughs> Just weird sex aliens. Oh, boy. <laughs> I don't think Joe was prepared for that riff. 
Ah, <laughs> uh, I, I was not prepared to talk about the alien sexual magnetism of David Bowie <laughs> and Looney Tunes, to be honest. Nope, but we're here now. Now we're here. Uh, meanwhile, Kuroko is just watching Kagami play and is like, "Hey, I I want to gauge your like how good you are at the basketballs. Mm-hmm. Uh, let's go one on one." To which he reacts with anger, which tends to be his note right now. Yeah, Kagami at this point is like seconds away from snapping and beating the shit out of someone. Anyone, really. Just like if you interact with him, that's a mistake. Yeah. So if if you can't figure it out, this guy, his heart is for the team. (laughs) Absolutely the person you want on a basketball team. Someone who's just so up their own ass about how good they are at a basketball. Oh, yeah. That leads us into our episode break. All right. You, you know, you should probably play uh, a jock jams right now uh, to go in to the uh, the mid-roll. I'm just going to put the Space Jam soundtrack onto this, 100%. Okay, like, uh, I believe I can fly? <laughs> that was on the Space Jams, I, I think. I've never watched Space Jams, Joe. What?! I'm aware of it. I'm aware that the te- the opposing team was the Monstars, and that they were M- Martians, I think? How have you existed in this world long enough and not seen Space Jam? Because when it came out, I was old enough that I was like, that looks real fucking dumb. <laughs> I thought that Space Jam was a ubiquitous cultural touchstone that every human on Earth had seen. I bet you we can find more than just me, Joe. I promise you. <laughs> I'm sure we can. back and we are in the mid-roll and once again it is totally not future joe and travis from the time they recorded this episode i did a whole bit about it last time because we talked about a time travel show but we're talking about a basketball show but travis is here hey look it's travis hey it's me and i am definitely not from the future what's up not future joe ah uh, you know just present day things you know how it be i do Oh, <laughs> it gets so much worse, you guys, from the past. Think of the Joe and Travis of back then when we were recording the episode. That's such sweet, innocent boys. So innocent. <laughs> so yes, we, we are coming to you with the mid-roll, where this is the time where we say that we have a Patreon. That is patreon.com forward slash WTF anime show, where for as little as a dollar a month, you can support us and get awesome, cool bonus content. Travis, oh boy, I'm so excited for this. What did we do recently? Uh, let's see. Uh, recently, uh, well, uh, we're still working through some Black Butler as far as series reviews go. And as far as movies go, mm-hmm. uh, the last one that we watched was Lupin the Third. Lupin le Trois. Yeah, Lupin Le Trois. Somehow we watched another Studio Ghibli movie, even though I don't think at the time I realized it was another Studio Ghibli movie. Oh, is that a Ghibli? Yeah, it was, and I even told you on the episode. I don't listen to a lot of the things you say, Joe, I'll be honest. That's fair. <laughs> That's entirely fair. Uh, boy. Hmm. Boy, do I have some thoughts about that movie. You do. Uh, we actually both have a lot of thoughts said quietly, but mentally shouted, I think. Uh, about that film. 
So when we were recording it, I definitely did yell a lot, and then I decided that I'm going to play that I'm so spent of just, okay, I've vented about this movie, I'm going to talk very softly and very quietly and very intensely. So yeah, that's the last movie review we did. Yeah, check it out. <laughs> yeah, be like all of our amazing patrons and check out, boy, more, more of us. That's what the world needs right now, to heal and get better, it's just more of us. More of us complaining at things and fixing the world's problems. Mm-hmm. Probably by the time you're listening to this, we will have already have recorded the next movie review. But to give a sneak preview, I basically put up a poll of like, I am sick of watching shitty anime movies. Oh, really, Joe? Joe? Joe, you're sick of watching shitty anime movies? Yeah. That That's you, huh? Yeah. I'm I'm so mad that I am being forced to watch bad anime. Gosh, what a curse. Gee, I wonder how that feels, Joe. (laughs) I'm the only human being in the world who could possibly endure that pain. Clearly no one can empathize with you, Joe. Not at all. Yeah, we we had a selection of a few of the movies that I really like that we have had voted on before, and I'm pretty sure, and I'm very excited. I'm going to make Travis watch Wolf Children, and it's going to be great. I do not know what that is. I assume that there are wolves, they are children, or there are children that are wolves. Something like that. There are two wolves inside of all of us, Travis. One of them is a child. Uh, sure, sure. What's the other one? Probably, like, a world-weary, grizzled old person, going by this analogy Uh, that I'm just making up as I go. Okay. I was hoping for, like, a Batman wolf. Like, world-weary and grizzled, but also goes out at night and fights criminal wolves. I mean, like, Frank Miller, like, Dark Knight, that's an old, grizzled, world-weary person. That's true. Uh, That is to say, I would like to send out a huge thank you to all of our patrons (laughs) for supporting us. I think we've lost the thread, Joe. We've lost it. I'm trying to pull it back. Pointing out that we've lost the thread isn't helping. Uh, Yes, a huge thank you to all of our patrons for continuing to support us. If you would like to join them in being very cool and listening to us talk about shitty movies and Black Butler with Alan Sells, you can go over to patreon.com forward slash WTF anime show. And let's get back to present us. Mm hmm. Mm hmm. Definitely not from the future, as you were, past links. How does time work? Shoot some hoops. Make the baskets. Dunk on the haters. Mr. Robinson's Neighborhood. Remember that. So we cut back in, and they are doing a one-on-one. They're doing the basketballs, and shockingly, Tiger is really good at basketball, and Kuroko is less so. Now, I I think we should go back and and mention that Taiga seems to have a weird thing about scent. Oh yeah, this whole thing. Uh- <laughs> he goes on about like normally he can smell strength and or weakness, but with Kuroko he doesn't smell anything. It, it's kind of weird because uh, he's very about. Is that his superpower? Is he he sniffs people? He can smell people and tell how good they are at basketball. Okay, so winner of dumbest quirk goes to. (laughs) Yeah, it makes for some very strange interactions. It does. 
walks into an Italian restaurant, this spaghetti is very strong in basketball. <laughs> I'm now just imagining him walking down the street and like catching a scent and being like, oh, someone's so good at basketball, I have to find them. <laughs> Cut to him outside their window just pouring at it. <laughs> Fight a skunk challenges it to b-ball game. <laughs> I mean, I'm going more for the... Oh god, I can't believe I'm making the connection. I'm going more for the basketball version of Misery. <laughs> wow. <laughs> you know what? No. You, you, you're trying to bait me, Joe, and I'm not going to do it this time. <laughs> no. I will not rant about an author who shall not be named. <laughs> yes! We finally got that. So, they play one-on-one. Kroko loses horribly. Tiger's really mad because he's like, ugh, how much do you overrate your power at basketball? And Kroko's just like, I knew you were better than me to begin with. Of course you were going to beat me. Look at me. I'm five foot nothing. I'm a soft boy. Look at me. I'm a wisp of a human being. If there's a strong breeze, I will leave. That's how I got here. It was a Mary Poppins style travel. I opened an (laughs) umbrella during a windstorm and now I'm here. I didn't even intend to play basketball. I just slipped under the door of, like, a gymnasium, and now I'm playing basketball. They put a jersey on me, and I was too weak to take it off, so I became (laughs) part of the team. (laughs) (laughs) The Kuroko story. (laughs) So yeah, Kuroko's just like, of course you were going to beat me. I just wanted to see how good you were at a basketball, and Tiger reacts with anger because that is his entire note so far. Yeah, uh, spoilers, that's not going to change this episode. <laughs> There's not an entire emotional journey and arc uh, in one 23-minute uh, session of a Basketball Boys. Yeah, it's almost like there's 70 episodes of this show. That's a lot of episodes, Joe. <laughs> It's a lot of episodes to be a basketball boy. Tiger, like, offers some advice in the only way that he can that's like, quit playing basketball because you're bad at it. And Croker's like, no, I'm a shonen protagonist. I play basketball because I love playing basketball. <laughs> yeah, he's he's going to be the... Weirdly, he's Rudy, but with superpowers, which makes him not Rudy for the love of the game, kid. Yeah. What what I really love about the show is, like, it sets up, here is our main character, Kuroko, because between Tiger and Kuroko, they both share, like, very traditional shonen protagonist traits. And the story is essentially about them, even though it's called Kuroko's Basketball. Of the two, at least for right now, uh, there's one that I like better. Yeah, soft David Copperfield. Mm-hmm. We're gonna get into that. Huh. All right. <laughs> Actually, here's here's a thing. I did take notes. Okay. But what I'm actually going off right now is, in front of me, I have the manga. So I'm just kind of going through the manga to kind of base myself in, like, where everything happens. Oh, okay. What's really fun about the manga that they don't quite capture in this first episode, they will later, is that Kuroko is much sassier than he's portrayed in this first episode. Like, we get a little bit of it coming up when they play the game. But Kuroko is very sassy and small. He is, he's the best. I love him. You know, I, I, could, I could see that. Like, he comes off very, very humble a lot of the time here. But being that he's basically a power amplifier for any team, 
Oh, that's that's the other thing that happens in the one-on-one. Kroko gets really profound and just says, I'm not a good basketball player. I'm a shadow. Yeah. And actually, they it, it's kind of fun because they light it, and his shadow is much bigger than himself with the way the, the source of light is hitting him. Yeah. So it shows that this shadow is so much bigger than the person. Hmm. It's very good. Might be mi- visual metaphor, Joe. <laughs> I know writers who use metaphors. They're all cowards. <laughs> uh, I don't know. I, I think I used a, a metaphor earlier uh, that's not on roll. That's, uh, I nailed it. I crushed it. You, you did nail it. I'm almost certain I've made that reference before. Because <laughs> Garth Marenghi's Dark Place should be referenced more than Stephen King. Uh... <laughs> oh, Joe. Stop it. <laughs> I'm I'm trying to bait you now. I know you are, son of a bitch. <laughs> hey, did you see the Doctor Sleep trailer? Uh... <laughs> Just breathe through it. So we cut to the next day, and we have the new recruits, the first years, doing a five-on-five against the team of the Saren High, what would be the second years. Yeah. But we do also kind of get a bit of exposition that's like, Hey, they reached the finals in their first go-around, so they're pretty good at this this basketball. Right, they had to establish their bona fides. Yeah, which I know we're doing a sports anime that is focused on Kuroko and Tiger, mm-hmm. but the way this game goes, I think maybe they could have done a better job establishing the other characters, because... The immediate thing is, Tiger is so fucking good at basketball that he almost single-handedly puts the first-year team up, and then they start marking him. We're kind of conflicting in establishing two things. You know what I mean? I get what you're saying. I don't know if that's purposefully to to emphasize, just to show the the, the very different things, or if that's just a, a weird quirk of this writing. Yeah, it's it does work because it kind of shows that they are used to playing people above their skill level and how they manage it. But it is also just like, I know we have these main characters, but we're focusing so hard on them. And like, this is the first episode and everyone else will get development. Like, it, it's just something that hit me when I rewatched this, that it's like, it's so weird the switch from... This one guy is dominating them until they realize that, oh, he's very good at basketball. It feels like they would be much smarter about it. But I know that's just a product of where they start from and where they end the show from my perspective. Okay. See, to me, it, it, it wasn't quite as, as obvious. It just felt like, okay, they found that this guy was super good, so they had to adjust their game plan to account for him. Yeah, like, it, it it does work. They do try and show off these things of, like, they're smart and they know how to adapt plays. Sure. But then our other main character gets introduced into what he can do, and they just get wrecked. Yeah. To be fair, you know, they, they try to pass it off as mundane, but it feels way more super-powered, so... I mean, if you got a, a superpowered player on your team, I, I could see why you would get wrecked. Yeah, it's interesting, and like I like how the team as a whole grows, because obviously a huge part of this is going to be the team and not just the two main characters. 
Well, yeah, I think if you didn't include the team eventually and kind of go to the side and watch these two separate, you know, main characters come together with the team, it would be a bad sports anime. Especially because we have the groundwork already of just like part of Tiger's character development is going to be like playing in a team. Right. And, you know, uh, Kuroko's whole superpower shtick is to enhance everybody else around him. Yeah. He's shit at basketball. He just kind of <laughs> creates the opening where other people can be good at it. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, let's let's actually talk about Kuroko's power because they they go on for a bit with Tiger just crushing them and then they start doing three-man marks. They do two-man marks when he doesn't have the ball. They start focusing on Tiger and then the first years start losing and then Kuroko says, hey, can you do me a favor and pass me the ball? And then we get to know what Kuroko's superpower is. Mm-hmm. When they see it happen, they're talking about, you know, he barely touches the ball. It's almost like sleight of hand. But at the same time, they're also talking about, oh, we forgot he was even on the field. So again, I think he's good at ball handling or, or shoveling a pass quickly. But it's really about the fact that no one can keep the fact that he's on the field in their mind. Yeah, yeah. It's it's very good the way they frame it because Kagami gets very mad and then Kuroko like knocks his knee out knees out from under him and they start fighting. And then everyone in the first year team and the coach is just like, Wait, was Kuroko always in this game? Yeah, I don't even remember him being in. Riku even goes, I mean, I'm the ref and I didn't even remember. Yeah. So then we get like a bunch of stuff of Kuroko being very good at passing and everyone is shocked because, again, this is a sports anime, so even the most mundane things have to have immediate reactions and be the most dramatic and have the most internal monologue of, oh my god, this thing happened. Yeah, there's so many moments where you see like monologuing with like speed lines drawn behind as the background and it's just the character. Yeah. (laughs) Just to, to up that drama, although it's some high school kids playing some basketball. <laughs> now, you said something very interesting to me on Twitter, and I want to call it out. Oh, okay. Because you said that you hate basketball. I do. But you did get caught up on this. I did. Was it the framing of everything being so important, or was it, like, characters? I'm I'm, I'm curious to, like, unpack that. Oh, okay. Uh, if I were to try to vocalize why this works for me, but to actually sit and watch for real basketball, uh, I would rather gnaw my own wrist open. (laughs) I think the reason why is this is about competition and it's a story about characters and overcoming something. It doesn't really focus on basketball. That's just the, the medium through which they're framing this story, but it's completely changeable. It it's, it's like a coat. You could take it off, put on another coat, and it would still work. Yeah, 100%. I can't say I've watched a bunch of like sports movies, but I'm sure they do this exact same thing. But like sports anime focuses so hard on making characters memorable, giving them personality traits or weird fucking powers to like get you invested into their story, and then the entire sport is just the backdrop. They could be doing anything. Yeah, uh, it's, a, it's a lot of... I mean... Traditional shonen is usually fighting, mm-hmm. but it's not really about the fight so much as it is the struggle 
of the, the character to, to overcome the obstacle. I, I feel like we said something similar when we did Haikyuu. Uh, yeah, yeah, we did. When we talked about volleyball. This could have been volleyball. It could have. Yeah, exactly. It could have been volleyball. It could have been fucking anything. I think why I, I would point this out as like, hey, this is my favorite show, is because of characters mm-hmm. and the way they interact with the game as a whole. And then also there's this weird supernatural element yeah, that yeah. never gets explained. And Joe, uh, something just came to me, and if anybody's an anime creator out there, I've got the next sports anime, and it's so dumb and good, I want a beer pong sports (laughs) anime. (laughs) Joe, tell me you don't want that. I I want this. Oh, God. (laughs) I think that you could do a comedy slash sports anime based around beer pong. Mm Mm-hmm. And that environment where, you know, it's a dumb drinking contest, but also sort of a sport. Oh my god, anime frat boys. Yeah, basically. (laughs) Like, you could have moments where it's just about dumb frat life things. But if we could make them not gross and not make this show about jiggles, that would be my request. (laughs) Yeah. I mean... The formula works. Uh-huh. Like, it is It is just making someone endearing, and it doesn't matter where it goes. Yeah, it, it's almost like writing a pop song. <laughs> There's only a couple of things you really need to do, and you got yourself a pop hit. Yeah. Heck, I'm, I'm going to do a Google to see, like, what's the weirdest, most obscure sport. And I'm not talking about Keijo, so if anyone gets up in my mentions is like, hey, Keijo is a dumb sport that then got turned into a real thing. No, we're not doing Keijo. How about Krabib Krabong? You know, the uh, mounted combat on the back of an elephant that's sometimes jousting? Fuck. Huh? Maybe? Maybe? I would watch a jousting anime! Fuck! Oh, yeah, like, basically turn the Heath Ledger movie A Knight's Tale into an anime? (laughs) Yes! I'd be down for that. I'm so here for this. Yeah, because, I mean, that movie's dumb, but I love it. I love the the fact that they used a modern soundtrack for medieval sportsmanship. Mm-hmm. It's fucking great. Throw a little queen in there. Hell yeah. Always. Always throw a queen in there. If you're ever questioning if you should put queen in the soundtrack, the fact that you asked the question means that yes, you should put queen in the soundtrack. <laughs> no, no, I, th- I, I just made an example where you should not put queen in the soundtrack. I mean, you shouldn't have put any of the songs in this soundtrack. Suicide Squad. Hmm. I think you're making a misstep in that when you step back and saw the movie you had, you should have said, this is a bad idea. Never mind. <laughs> thus eliminating the need for a soundtrack, thus preventing you to asking the question if we should add Queen in here. The weird thing is, and we're taking a total off base of Kuroko because we're very nearly done. Yeah, yeah. We've, we've got like one more scene. I'm still very excited about Birds of Prey. You know, same. Uh, I don't know why. Margot Robbie's pretty good. Yeah. She's good at things. I did not mind her portrayal of Harley. Yeah. It was just a lot of things about that movie that fucked everything up. The fact that it was like four movies uh, (laughs) that they just threw in a blender and were like, here, have some mushed up movie soup. You like this, right? And also just all of Jared Leto being like, oh, this is what the Joker do. He sends used condoms to his castmates because that promotes a functioning and working relationship with your co-stars. Yeah, you know what would be good is why don't you try acting and not just being a weird fucking psychopath on set? 
You don't need to go that fucking method. So meanwhile, basketball. <laughs> oh, yeah. Sorry, this was Joe and Travis talk movies. <laughs> Which, you know, we could do more often. We could. We could talk about a movie. I'm very excited to talk about Knives Out with you when I finally see it. Oh, hell yeah. Public service announcement. Guys, go watch Knives Out. It was fun. And the sets? Oh my god, Joe, we're going to talk sets. <laughs> I'm very excited. Yes. So, uh and Obasuke, it happens. They play a basketball. I think the first years win because Kuroko starts doing basketball wizardry. Yeah. Sleight of hand. You're a sleight of hand boy. Can you palm a basketball? Uh, my hands are not that big. <laughs> if it's a new basketball where the grip's good, I can palm one. I, I, I can't palm one to the point where you wouldn't know it's in my hand, though. That brings up a question. Yeah. If Andre the Giant was a sleight of hand magician... Could he palm a basketball? Yeah, I think he'd just crush it and fold it up in his hand. <laughs> and, like, even if you question him, you'd be worried that he'd then crush you and fold you up in his hand. Fold you up. Drink a gallon of soju. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I don't know if you've ever tried soju, but I wouldn't recommend it. <laughs> I do not have the constitution of an Andre the Giant, shockingly. Huh. I don't even think Andre the Giant has a constitution of Andre the Giant anymore. Wow. <laughs> Too soon? Still fresh in my mind. <laughs> wow. <laughs> uh, so meanwhile, at the... <laughs> Oof. Meanwhile, at the totally copyright appropriate, definitely not McDonald's, Kagami gets a giant pile of burgers sits down to enjoy, I guess, like a thousand burgers, and oh my god, Kuroko's been there the whole time. Yeah, he's like, what are you doing here? Move, and he's like, I was here first. I've been at this McDonald's for 40 years! (laughs) (laughs) I just, I like the image of he's so not noticeable that you sat at the same table that he was occupying and then realized someone was there. And it's not immediate either, like, a few beats go by and it's just like, wait a minute. And then Kagami gets all Sundari and is like, hey, if, if if people see us here, they'll think we're friends, like, move to a table. And Kuroko's like, but I was here first. Yeah. I, I also like that, just to emphasize that he's so plain that no one notices him, uh, they have him say something about he likes the vanilla shakes here. Yeah, he really likes vanilla shakes. Yeah. So, like... Which is weird because vanilla is such an exotic spice and whatnot, but it's always associated with being plain. Right? Vanilla is so good, but everyone always is just like, oh, that's just the flavor that... No, vanilla good. Yeah. Have you ever had some Madagascar vanilla? Fucking magical. And also one of the most expensive spices in the world. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Stop shit-talking vanilla. That's the stance I'm going to take in this episode. WTF anime is here. We stand for (laughs) vanilla. Okay, guys? Hey, if any vanilla companies... Is that a thing? Want to sponsor us? Hey, I'm here for it. Right. Give us them vanilla dollars. Sweet, sweet vanilla dollars. Uh, So even though they talked about, hey, we're not friends, don't get it twisted, they still leave together and, like, they talk for a bit. And Kagami is like, hey, I only just found about the Generation of Miracles because, you know, I was in America getting very good at basketball. What are they like? How do I match up against them? And Kuroko just very matter-of-factly, very sassily, I love Kuroko so much, It's just like, yeah, you'd be destroyed in, like, five seconds. (laughs) Don't even trip. 
like it's cool dog but they're gonna eat your lunch my ex you know he's gonna fucking crush you <laughs> that's a plot point in the show oh shit drama you wonder why i like this so much is that why he's no longer at the school do you want me to tell you no me we can't do this as a series review because 70 is too much. <laughs> yeah. It's like, this is what we're going to do for the next many years. Yeah, yeah. We're already doing Black Butler and, hey, maybe we're doing more than one season of Black Butler. We're still figuring out how that's going to go. Yeah. But yeah, like, the whole thing is each of the Generation of Miracles went to a different school. Okay. Okay, so they're really, really trying to tap into the idea of when... The Olympics had the dream team for the U.S. Yeah. <laughs> which then went on to become a Space Jam team. All of the Generation of Miracles basically split up because of something that happened. And Kuroko is basically trying to find his passion for basketball again because he loves the game. But the team he was with was kind of a toxic environment. That's, that's enough to say without too many spoilers. Because everyone should go and watch this fucking show. It's so good. I'll be honest, I, I actually really enjoyed this first episode. Usually first episodes are kind of meh. Yeah, yeah, because I, th I think why this first episode works is because it is so character-focused. Anytime you can give me a story that's character-focused, I'm usually here for that. Mm -hmm. Unless it's just a bunch of terrible people. <laughs> Which, why are you writing this story? I mean, we only have one terrible person in this first episode. So far, yeah. So... They talk about Kagami being trashed entirely by the Generation of Miracles, and we have Kagami's entire focus for the show, which is he is going to be the greatest basketball player in Japan. And Kuroko says, you, you're not good enough for that. We're about to get some more Kuroko sass, which I, I really enjoy. Kuroko is very good. Oh, I love him so much. Because I believe the way that he says it, Taiga frames it is, I've decided I'm going to be the best in Japan. And then Kuroko's like, you're not good enough. But then he says, but I just made a decision. <laughs> yes. Kuroko has made a decision that he is going to help Tiger become the greatest player in Japan because Kuroko is a shadow and the stronger the light, the more pronounced and effective a shadow is. So it's this Really, really profound, like, very fancy way of saying, hey, I'm going to do playmaking for you. And there's a lot of bait in this show where it's just like, that is almost a love proclamation. It, it builds a lot more in the show in general, but there is that kind of, my dream is to see you succeed, which is a very, like, relationship-focused thing. Yeah, I can see that. I'm glad it wasn't just me reading into this entire show. <laughs> it, it's not just you shipping real hard. There are a lot of good ships in this show. I will say that Kuroko Tiger is not my primary, but like I see how it works. <laughs> yeah, with that, that's the end of a Kuroko. The ending is, I don't think the music's as good, and it's just still frames of basketball being played. Yeah, hard agree. Cool. We, we talked about it a lot. Did you have any like other kind of final thoughts A Kuroko that we didn't really cover? No, I think we kind of hit all the points. Uh, this is just the opening episode, so they didn't get too wild or, or throw too many elements in, which is also some, some good first episode writing. You know, 
I hate when first episodes get too busy because mm-hmm. it I, I'm usually like, uh, do I really want to sign on for this if this is what they're trying to do with episode one? Yeah. It's very focused and it knows because obviously this is an adaptation, it knows exactly what the story is going to be. And again, from like I read the manga before we got on. A few of the scenes are changed in order, and I think for the better, to make a better first episode. Well, yeah. uh, What works in book format doesn't necessarily work for screen. That's why we have screenwriters. Yeah. The particular example for this first bit is the scene in the non-copyright infringing McDonald's happens before their one-on-one, and I like it more in this show where it's hey, maybe they can be friends and they have this secondary meet-cute at a restaurant then actually talk about their plans for the future. That actually kind of makes more sense to me. Yeah. Having it occur after the game so that Tiger can kind of see that while he might not be the guy that's at the front of the team, he's shown that he helped get them the win, which kind of plays into the character as we know him right now. Kroko, a playmaker. Uh-huh. Croco good. Did you have fun watching a basketball? I did. Uh, you know I did because <laughs> I <laughs> I told you on Twitter I did. That, you know, I, I normally hate basketball, but this made basketball bearable because it's not about basketball. <laughs> That's the trick to basketball, you see. If you want it to be entertaining, make it not basketball. <laughs> hey, I'm, I'm so glad you actually enjoyed this. I, I was I was worried to a point because, again, this is a show that I love so much. No, no. uh, You know, I think the track record uh, with you showing me sports anime is I've been down with with both of them so far because we've only done two, right? Yeah, we're two for two so far. Two for two. Unless you count Shokugeki no Soma as a sports anime, which I guess it kind of is. (laughs) (laughs) It is a sports anime, but with a very different focus. Uh Uh-huh. So I think with that... Is it is it that time, Joe? It might be that time. Oh god, do I have the thing up? Yep, yeah, okay, I have it. Got it. Yeah, you're cool. good? You're good? I'm good. Let's do it. Alright. Next time on WTF Anime. So this is very non-sequitur. That tracks with our brand. <laughs> <laughs> so next time on WTF Anime, we will be watching... Yona of the Dawn, episode one. Yeah, I don't know what that is, but I'm a, <laughs> I'm a watch it. <laughs> totally nothing to do with Kuroko or basketball or anything. But I thought it would be a, a good discussion point for a first episode doing what the show is going to do in its future. Oh, okay. So let's get into some business. Yeah, hit them. If you would like to find the show on Twitter, we are there at WTF Anime Show. You can reach out to us via email, or you can yeet us an email, as has become the saying. That's the way you do it. You yeet emails. That's <laughs> what you do. That's that's how you do it. Uh, and that is WTF Anime Show at gmail.com. As always, uh, forever and always be found on Twitter at the Joe Hadfield Travis. All right. Uh, if you want to hit me up on Twitter, you can find me at Dice Lobber. D-I-C-E-L-O-B-B-E-R. And I don't run the WTF handle, uh, so if you want to talk to both of us, you got to tag me too. Uh, that said, if you like what we do here, 
uh, you can check out some of the other stuff that we do. Uh, currently, all of our other projects are kind of on vacation, uh, but I do believe we've got some Fifth Watch coming back, yeah? It's It's been a few months. It's been a bad few months. Okay, so remember when I was talking about uh, time zones being a problem sometimes? Uh, add more time zones, more problems. It's honestly not just that. It's been my entire state through the past couple of months. But yeah, I'm, I'm definitely wanting to get back onto a fifth watch. Uh, we're finally talking about it again, so that's great. Grayscale, our other campaign in the Lost Library should be coming back somewhere around the beginning of the year. Not entirely sure when, but that is a thing that has been promised, so hopefully we'll be back on that. Yeah, that's that's my long statement about Lost Library in that, hey, we have stuff recorded, we're going to record stuff, Fifth Watch is getting really, really... something? <laughs> um, Who knows? I, I'm not sure quite how to codify what a particular member of our cast did to me. Which which member, Joe? I'm not going to name names. They know who they are. Yeah, um, that said, if you do like the show, please tell a friend and uh, like and subscribe and rate and all that other stuff. As we mentioned in the mid-roll, which will be recorded at a later date, so you'll get another helping of future Joe and Travis. Ooh. Yeah, timey-wimey bullshit. We have a Patreon that is patreon.com forward slash WTF anime show where you can listen to some really cool bonus content that we do series reviews in long form. We do some movie reviews. I am very excited for considering when this comes out, the movie that we will have just done. Hmm. Yeah. Yeah. We're going to do some Phantom Thief shit. Uh, okay. I, I'm listening. <laughs> Travis can get very up on me and my pronunciation of the French and how the English and French are at odds. Maybe a little bit. I mean, if you read any history book ever. It is Lupin. Oh, okay. I have heard of uh, of that. Uh, how did you pronounce that again, though, Joe? Lupin. Yeah, okay. Uh, you do better than most people that I've heard pronounce it, which is uh, Lupin. Yeah, Lupin. Yeah, you knows. Means the wolf. <laughs> We've gone pretty long. Like the dog that's wild. You know, a wolf? Hey, you know how a wolf do? Hey, you know. With just, the howling uh, and the pack. Sometimes they bite you and you become a wolfman's, according <laughs> to the movies. A wolfman's. <laughs> um, that is to say, we've, got, <laughs> we've gone for very long. We have. Beers were consumed. A good time was had by some of us. I, I'm here for it, and I consumed no beer. <laughs> well, okay. <laughs> some beers were consumed by me. That is to say, thank you so much for listening, and bye. Bye! I hate people back. Certainly not good. I vote against. I vote against? Is there a vote? I vote against. I'm taking a hard stance. My political stance is people are bad sometimes. Vote for Travis, 2020. People are awful. You know, I might be able to win with that platform. (laughs) What's your policy? Fuck people.
Uh, care to elaborate? No, you're a person. Fuck you. We all know the planet is fucked. I have a solution that will fix everything. What if we killed every human? Now hear me out. I've, I've done the math, and the problem seems to be people. I mean, that's just a, a, a take on on the, the classic Jonathan Swift, uh, a modest proposal, basically. What if we just eat the babies? <laughs> Excuse me? Yeah, just, just the babies. Just like people deal. <laughs> what if we used the babies to track invisible monsters? Is that an anime joke? Because it sounds like a fucking anime. No, that's Death Stranding. <laughs> All right, then. <laughs> <laughs> Pound seven cans of monster so Guillermo del Toro can turn your piss into grenades. That's a Death Stranding. <laughs> <laughs> fucking wild. <laughs> Although Piss Grenade is an excellent punk band name. Mm. Just putting it out there. Yeah. I've been thinking a lot about Death Stranding. Uh, I... apparently? It's it's just so perfectly weird. The vice president is called Die Hard Man! I haven't even really checked in with anything you're talking about right now. Like, I, I'm largely unaware of this. It sounds like you gave Terry Pratchett some real hard drugs and said, <laughs> make a video game. Why give Terry Pratchett drugs when you could just get Hideo Kojima? I mean, if we could invent a time machine and go back and have them collab. <laughs> they did make a Discworld video game, though. They did make a Discworld video game, and as I recall, it was infuriating. <laughs> like, the puzzles were, like, dumb as fuck and almost impossible. You just had to keep mashing different things together until something unlocked for you. Yeah, like those weird King Quest puzzles where if you don't click the screen at the exact right time, you cannot win the game. If you don't catch that one rat. Totally fucked. Just et eternally and forever. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And then people realize that there's a weird subculture that really likes that, and that's where Dark Souls comes from. <laughs> <laughs> to be fair, like I, I only know Dark Souls' reputation. I've, I've, I played Bloodborne and I played Sekiro, but I've never played the Dark Souls. Did they ever bring back Legacy of Cain? I don't know why, but you just made me think of it. Oh, fuck. Um, I'm sure... Um, did he get a remaster? I don't know. Because what, what was the second game where you were a betrayed vampire that was now... Uh, Soul Reaver. Soul Reaver was the second game. And that that game was my jam. Soul Reaver. That, that's Soul Calibur, Joe. <laughs> if you're using that voice. Which, well, also a fun game. Also a very different game. I am aware. I loved Weird Blind Bondage Boy. Ah! Uh, Volta was fucking weird and I loved him. 